Back in 2014, I actually quit my old personal finance blog, but accidentally found out that I had skyrocketed my traffic. So the story is a long time ago, started blogging 2009, 2010, had lots of different blogs, lots of different side projects with almost no traction. But in 2014, I got a sudden urge to do a personal finance blog and I fell in love with the community. So they kind of kept me engaged in blogging long enough to hone my craft. I actually spent time studying other personal finance bloggers and podcasters to kind of see what works, to see what they were doing. I eventually figured out how to like kind of put this into my own content. And in fact, I actually spent several weeks on one piece of content kind of trying to implement all of these tips and tricks and tactics to produce better content. It literally took me over 72 hours of work, like not consecutively, like over the course of like several weeks. Actually, I'd argue more than that, probably like 100, 150 hours on this one piece of content. Well, I would actually go on to quit that personal finance blog about a month later, but then something magical happened. I was not expecting this. I kind of logged in to my computer one day. I was opening up my emails, doing some stuff. I decided to just go check my Google Analytics because it was honestly a habit at that point. And I had to do a double take. I was like, whoa, wait, what? What? Who? Who's visiting my site? Like 100 visits a day, 200 visits a day. 500 visits a day, a thousand, like what on earth is going on? So I had to dig in and I figured out that that piece of content that I spent more time and effort and energy on than any other thing before it, trying to make it good, trying to utilize everything I'd learned about producing better content, quote unquote, I put in this one article, it had skyrocketed. It was ranking in Google for a number of terms, one of which was passive income. It was ranked two for passive income, not rank one, but rank two for passive income. Thanks, Pat Flynn, for that one back in 2014. And it was just an aha moment of like, wow, oh, okay, oh, this is so interesting. Getting lots of backlinks. This stuff worked. I knew I was onto something. I'd already quit the blog, but I knew I was on this month something. And I actually spent the next three years before Do You Even Blog, honing in on these tricks I'm about to show you, tricks, not really tricks, these tips I'm about to show you, getting better at them, figuring out how to implement them easier and quicker, so I'm not spending, you know, 100 hours, 150 hours on each blog post or whatever. You need to keep people engaged. You need to keep people reading and learning and imbibing your content so you can nurture them. You can't do anything else. If you don't have people's attention, you need to make great content. It's true what they say. Content is king. And in this podcast, I actually want to share seven really simple tips. These are really easy to start implementing ASAP. And when you do, they will make your content better. Hands down. These aren't just my opinions, man. These are like scientifically proven and they work. They really do. So seven tips to produce better content. Here we go. Tip numero uno is literally the simplest of all of these. And you need to use this because people are skimmers. They don't read every word. And when you have something important to say, you want to kind of roll the dice and give yourself the best odds possible that your reader is going to read 
that important thing you have to say or teach them? And how do you up your odds? How do you up your chances that they're actually going to read that one sentence that you really think they should read? You repeat it. Repeat things. That's tip number one. I love repeating the main themes, the core concepts, whatever you have that's important in your article or whatever. Repeat them. Not necessarily like all at the same time. Not like repeat them. Repeat them. Repeat them. Not like that. But you can come back later in the middle of an article. You can tack it on in your conclusions. Drive important points home through repetition. Again, don't overdo it. That gets a little bit annoying. But repeating concepts can just drive things home and also just up your chances that that important sentence is actually going to get read. Tip number two was actually preached to me by a few consultants that I hired a month or two ago who came in and looked at my own content, specifically on YouTube, but this absolutely applies to blogging as well, 100%. And that is telling a, I'm going to sound fancy, giving a cohesive narrative that will help people get engaged in your content. Now, what do I mean by that? Think through the title, thumbnail, or featured image, or social share image, or however you want to think about that, whatever people are going to be seeing before they click through to your website, that would be the title and the thumbnail, and the intro. And this could be like a meta description for SEO. But what I mean by this is every part of the content that someone sees to click on, right? They're not on your website yet. What do they see on Twitter and socials, in search results, whatever, the title, the thumbnail, and the intro and or description. Think about those things before you start producing the content. Let me say that again. Think through your title and thumbnail and intro before you start producing your content. This is not only going to yield a more specific and cohesive, I am going to use that word again because I'm fancy like that, it will result in a more cohesive piece of content that makes sense, helps you stay focused, and it helps you stay focused, meaning you're more productive. Sorry, I did that sentence terrible, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, it'll help you stay focused on what you're producing, and therefore, you will be more efficient and productive in producing that content. Was that better? Yeah, there you go. I think that was better. Tip number three, I'm actually looking at right now on my computer. I have Reaper open on one half of my screen. That is my recording software as of this second. And on the other half of the screen, I have Evernote and open in Evernote is this piece of content with my titles. I got my little story that I told at the beginning of this podcast episode written out here, and I have my outline. That is tip number three, outline first. Even if you're not a big outliner, even if you're more of an off the cuff kind of girl, guy, whatever, I still suggest you spend at least five minutes. If you're already a hardcore outliner, you probably spend more time than that. But if you don't do anything before you start a piece of content, start today with your next piece of content, spending five minutes outlining the post. Magical things happen when you do this. Again, we're all about staying focused and we're all about saving you time. But even other than that, it's going to yield a better piece of content. It absolutely will. It'll help you not miss subtopics that you might've missed otherwise. It'll help you decide, you know what? I don't care about writing this part of my blog post right here. My audience doesn't need that. Let me do this other thing. There are a million different directions you can go with any piece of content. Spend five minutes outlining it first, 
It'll save you time and it will absolutely produce a more cohesive, see how I'm repeating things, cohesive piece of content that your audience will appreciate and thank you for. Tip number four, line breaks. You know, when you hit enter and then, uh, you know, you hit enter again, if you're on the single space thing, line breaks, when to go from one paragraph to the next. Now, originally, two years ago, three years ago, when I started doing even blog, this little advice would look something like this. Use more line breaks, no more wall of text paragraphs, yada, yada. Well, that's not necessarily the advice I would give anymore. Instead, I have to state it like this. Know when to use line breaks. Now, in general, walls of text, if it's more, if a paragraph is more than like five to seven lines, it's probably too long in general. And you might think about breaking it up somehow. But you can't just do like literally a sentence, a line. In fact, some people do that and it kind of drives me insane. A lot of digital marketers and copywriters, people who are like hardcore into digital marketing and copywriting, they do this and I kind of can't stand it. So I'm going to give you four little meta tips here on knowing when to use line breaks. First of all, dialogue. Whenever you have dialogue, if you read like fiction, right? And you see dialogue, it's usually on separate lines. I like that. Keep that. That's an easy one. Uh, another one is just points of emphasis. By the way, if you want to repeat things, like we talked about earlier, they could be done on a separate line, especially if it's less than like five to 10 words, very short lines, points of emphasis, stuff that might otherwise be bolded or underlined or italicized. That stuff you can stick on a new paragraph often enough, and it looks really good and it makes the content easier to look at. That's my next little tip. The bottom line when using line breaks or actually any formatting whatsoever, in my opinion, is to make it easy to read. I'm going to say that one more time. The bottom line of formatting any blog post is trying to make it as easy to read as possible so you can keep people reading, so you can keep people engaged, and they will actually learn what you're trying to teach them, right? Make it easy to look at. But I have one more little tip for you when it comes to line breaks. This is paragraph formatting for cheaters, right? They teach you this in high school and college level writing classes, creative writing classes. And most authors will absolutely frown on this because it's not creative, honestly, but it works. And you'll see a lot of journalists use this as well. So here's the, the paragraph formatting for cheaters. Sentence number one, the point. What's the point that you're trying to express? Like something happened. Susie ran into my car head first. Okay, that's sentence number one. Any other sentences in the paragraph description? So this is the paragraph formatting. The point in sentence number one and any other sentences in that same paragraph before a line break, description. You're describing, oh, Susie was just going too fast and she had turned around to see her baby brother run into a tree and she turned around at the last second and then boom, she hit that car. You could see a gash in her forehead a mile high. That was really terrible. I don't know. I just made that up on the spot. But the point is, sentence one, the point. All other sentences in the paragraph, description. And when you're finished describing the point, boom, line break, new paragraph. Again, I want to give you a word of warning. This is just an idea. This is just a starting off point. You shouldn't live by this as a strict rule to use in all of your writing for every paragraph. No, this is just an idea to help you not drone on and on, make really long paragraphs and... It'll just help your formatting a little bit. Just keep it in the back of your head. That's all. 
Number five has to do with headlines, but not just all subheaders. Let me draw out a point here. It's 2021 and people are spending less time on blog posts than ever before. There are studies out there. I've seen them. There was one, I think Optin Monster, uh, just a couple of months ago. The point is people's attentions are worse than ever before. Thank you, social media for that one. And so when people land on your article, you have to make it skimmable. Skimmable. That's point number five. You want to improve your content overnight. Try and focus more on making it skimmable. This goes triple for those of you in SEO land. It's not all about keeping people on the, the very top of the page. You want people scrolling down, but you have to have them engaged in some part of your content. You want people to stay on your page and get what they are looking for. Hashtag user intent, hashtag search intent, hashtag SEO, hashtag awesome. So make everything skimmable. Now, three tips for this. Number one, use headlines. Uh, actually, the first two tips are use headlines, but you can use them in two different ways. Number one, you can help people find what they're looking for. If people are looking for something, it's an SEO article, an site article, or whatever, help people find what they are looking for. Be clear. And the other tip I have is to be the opposite of clear, and that is to tease things. This is not so much for SEO content, in my opinion, but you can use headlines to keep people reading. You tease out the next paragraph. You tease out the next couple of paragraphs, the next subtopic with some sort of dot, 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 with some sort of mystery or curiosity or intrigue or emotion or something like that. You can use headlines to keep people reading, to tease out the next few paragraphs. And the last thing I have for skimmability, let's see what I did there. Actually, I didn't do anything there, so there's nothing to see. The last little point for skimmable content is obviously images, photos, graphs. Now, stock photos are the devil. I'm convinced of this. One tip here is to always make your image or photo or graph or data or whatever you're showcasing here help draw the reader in. It shouldn't be invisible. Ads are invisible. Now, stock photos, I'm going to argue, are invisible. They're completely invisible. People just skip them without thinking about them. You want people to think about your image or your photo or your graph or whatever. It needs to be related. It needs to be relevant and witty or funny, something that they will think about and it won't be invisible. And by the way, this leads us straight into my tip number six here, pattern interrupts. Now, what are pattern interrupts? Well, first of all, you could put on some classical music and grab your Earl Grey tea with lemon in it and sit at your mahogany wood desk with your fancy pants marketing reads and go Google pattern interrupts. I don't actually suggest you do any of that because it's kind of confusing. The point is you need to interrupt somebody who's scrolling down the page. Remember those skimmable people we're talking about? You need to grab them. Hey, 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 don't miss this point. Don't miss this paragraph, the next paragraph, or don't miss that previous paragraph that you just skipped over. I know you skimmer out there. You skipped that paragraph. Boom. I have your attention now. I want you to read this. I want you to look at this. That is what a pattern interrupt is to me. That's Pete's own definition right there. And there's some great ways to do this, actually. Uh, I like single line exclamations. Single line exclamations. And I got a bunch of examples written down here. I love this, this one here. Quote, or so I thought, dot, dot, dot. I don't care who you are. If you're like reading one of my blog posts and you're scrolling down, Uh, I'm kind of getting bored with this blog post. Not sure what Pete's doing here. And you see that line or so I thought dot, dot, dot. Chances are it's going to catch your eye. 
It's going to grab your attention. It's really short. It's on a single line or so I thought. And then that dot, 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 the, what is that called? Ellipses? I don't know what it's called. That always works. <laughs> I hate it, but it's all, it always works. Why not use it? Here's another one. One important note though, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to say that again. One important note though, dot, dot, dot. On a single line, again, it's super short. It grabs people's attention and gets them to read that next paragraph. Gets them to read the next paragraph. Well, what about the paragraph before? This is a, a more storytelling example, but quote, but I was wrong, dot, dot, dot. Or you don't even need the dot, dot, dot. But I was wrong. But I was dead wrong. If I see that when I'm reading an article, I'm an, if I skip the paragraph before it, I'm probably going to go back and read it. <laughs> but I was dead wrong. Here's one more. Reread that. And then like a, an emoji with like the pointing, the hand pointing up, right? Reread that. I use this all the time. Not all the time, really. I use it sparingly. But when something is really important and I know that people skimming may have skipped it, I will grab them with that sentence right there. Reread that. And then the emoji pointing up, right? One more of these pattern interrupts. This has to do with formatting. In fact, I have a YouTube video on how to implement this in WordPress. But a lot of themes have this kind of built in. A content box. Meaning if the background of your website is white or gray or something like that, a box might be red or blue or green or whatever. I have a YouTube video where I, I custom code this in CSS. I actually, I still use this whenever I do write blog posts. And this could be anything. It just draws people's attention and actually helps with the formatting. It makes things more skimmable as well, by the way, like an image. But you can put important stuff in that box. For example, author's note. I love that. If you just have one of these boxes, it's a different color from the rest of the page. And the first words are author's note. People are going to see that. It's going to draw their attention in. It's going to interrupt the reading flow, the skimming flow, if you will. And people will read that. So there you go. Pattern interrupts. Tip numero seven. Tell stories. No way. Whoa. Before I lose you, hold up there. I know this is the simplest advice to give in digital marketing, and it's the hardest to implement effectively. Tell stories, bro. Come on, man. Why aren't you telling stories, girl? Come on. You could do that. You could do better in your content. Well, luckily, I have a few tips here that might help you as you're writing a piece of content, you're in the flow of things or you're outlining or whatever to help you think up a story from your own life or otherwise, or whatever that you can write to tell a story. <laughs> Tell a story. Such bad advice. Um, but effective. It's still important, but bad advice. So here we go. Some ways to quickly think of a story. I have three or four of these. I'm just going to give you two. The first one is to just give an example. It's so funny. I'll ask you to, if you wrote a post on dog grooming, and I was like, you need to be storytelling in your intro here. You'd be like, oh, okay, I got to think of a story. But if I just said, uh, what's an example? You'll probably think of something. That's just a more friendly term in our brains. What's an example of that? That usually ends up being a story, like a narrative. This happened, then this happened. I used to do this. I did this now. Whatever. Just give an example. Use an example. That's one way to kind of tell a story. And the other one I want to do is first, last, best, worst. First, last, best, worst. Uh, full disclosure, I did not make this up. I'm actually stealing this slash swiping it from Matthew Dix. He is an amazing storyteller. He wrote a book called Storyworthy, which I read earlier this summer, and it's fantastic, and you should go check it out. This is his idea, not mine. Full disclosure, Matthew Dix, he's awesome. First, last, best, worst. Let's go back to the dog grooming example here. 
if you're writing a blog post, dog grooming, and you're looking for a way to kick off the blog post, you want to be, you know, faithful to old Pete here and tell a story, quote unquote, one exercise you can do is to take your topic and then think of the first, last, best, and worst examples of that. Or in our case, like experiences, dog grooming. What is your first dog grooming experience? What's the last dog grooming experience you went through? What is the best dog grooming experience you've ever had? What is the worst dog grooming experience you've ever had? Uh, I'm writing a piece right now on producing better content. That's what you're listening to. I didn't do this, but I probably could have done this. What was the first experience I had producing good content? Actually, I kind of did tell that story, didn't I? On accident. What is the last experience I had producing better content? Oh, I could, that would be a month ago, uh, a YouTube video I put out. Um, what is the best experience I've had producing better content? Uh, that would be the road to 83 K piece of content. I published about two years ago, just f- f- took off, did really well. All right. Worst. What is the worst experience I've had producing better content? Oh God, this would probably be like some of the first stuff I ever did for my like bluegrass and life blog. Oh, it's terrible. So first, last, best, worst. What was the first? What was the last experience? What was the best experience? What was the worst experience? Doing that little exercise in three and a half minutes will yield a story or example that you could use, or at least an anecdote that you could use in your content. Tell stories, bro. Tell stories, girl. You know you want to. It's good marketing. It's engaging. But how do I do that, Pete? Well, there's a few ideas to get you started. I'm about to break my own rules here. So this was seven simple tips for producing better content or whatever. I'm actually going to get a bonus one. That's right. More bang for your buck here on the Do You Even Blog podcast. I'll give you a bonus tip, and that is to start with why. This comes from a lot of people, but Grant Baldwin was on my podcast several years ago at this point, and we were talking about public speaking in particular. And one piece of advice he gave is whenever you get up on stage in front of somebody, and I'm going to argue, whenever somebody clicks through to your blog post or video or whatever, they're always subconsciously asking themselves, why do I care about this? Why am I on this person's website? Why am I here? Why is this important? Why, 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 why? It is important to answer that question before you get into the what. Why, before, what? And in fact, Let's let's get meta here. I did that on this podcast. Go back and listen to the story I told about me starting a personal finance blog and honing my craft, getting better at content and then quitting and then discovering I had accidentally kind of started ranking for like 200, 300 different keywords and driving a lot of traffic really fast to my website and yada, yada. If you'll notice something I said right after that, I kind of dove into the why I mentioned if you want to keep people engaged and you keep people reading, it's more important than ever in 2021, you have to produce content that stands out. You have to. Those people who said content is king, they were right. Well, me saying all that stuff, that was the why. That's why this podcast is important. If you're still listening, maybe you're just bored, but hopefully you you kept listening and kept up with these tips because you understood why it was important. Why producing good content is important. Why finishing the rest of this podcast episode is important. Why before what? Why before what? Answer that in, oh, one more thing. Sorry, one more thing. Keep talking here. This also applies to the bullet points. If you're outlining 
like we mentioned earlier, and you have four or five bullet points, subtopics of your piece of content or whatever, do not start off with tip number one, repeat things, blah, 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 blah. Tip number two, think through the title and thumbnail first, blah, 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 blah. I could have done that. That was the what before the why and the description. I didn't do that. If you go back and listen to this podcast, which I don't actually suggest you do, you will see that I did not say tip number one, repeat things. What I did was quickly went through the story of describing why repeating things works, why that little tactic works. I said that first, and then I said the words repeat things. I actually tried to do that for each of these bullet points. I don't know how well I did, but the point it, the point remains, start with the why. This includes your entire article in your intros, as well as right underneath the subheaders or as you introduce new points in your content, start with the why before the what. Ooh, okay, so I think I'm all why and what what it out at this point. Kind of tired. I hope you enjoyed this lovely little solo episode from good old Pete and the Do You Even Blog podcast. Thank you so much for being a subscriber. By the way, if you are indeed, if you're not a subscriber, dang it, well, why don't you become one? I would love it if you guys left me a rating and review. I haven't asked for that in uh, like a year now on this podcast, but I really do appreciate you guys listening. I mean, I really do. You're my fam, even though I'm not sure who you are right now. So, Have a wonderful day doing whatever you're doing. Good luck in your blogging content and your business growth. I wish you nothing but the best luck. Email me if you have any questions. At me on Twitter, at do you even blog. And I will see you guys next time on the podcast. Ciao, baby. Adios.